Hey, what's up, Ethos? Thanks again for hanging out with us today. We're so thrilled that you would take some time out of your out of your schedules to be with us, whether you're watching this or you're listening to this with your family, your friends, wherever you may be. We, uh, we honestly just consider it an honor that you would take some time to, to hang out with us. One of the things that we really intentionally try to lean into here within our community at Ethos is the truth that following Jesus alone, according to Jesus, really isn't an option. We want to live life together because Jesus made it pretty clear that we're just better together and that we're meant to do this in the context of a family. Uh, what the scriptures oftentimes refer to as the body of Jesus Christ. And so we believe that you're a part of something bigger than maybe you've ever even realized before. And that's, that's the church, the capital C church, the body of Jesus. Mother Teresa had this, had this quote that I remember from years ago. She said that loneliness is the leprosy of the modern world. One of the, one of the things that we uh, hope to communicate, not just in words, but in the way that we operate as a community here at Ethos is, uh, is that we would, we would help eradicate relational poverty, so to speak, within our surrounding areas, within our schools, within our neighborhoods, within our workplaces, within our, within our city. And this fall, uh, just as a quick reminder from last weekend, we are going all in on groups. Of course, COVID-19 has made it a little bit difficult for us to gather in a larger setting. The restrictions are so cumbersome and challenging. And so through prayer and lots of conversations, we really feel like God is leading us during this fall season to put all of our eggs into this one basket. And that is groups. So we are determined to make community groups great. They'll be meeting all throughout different neighborhoods, all throughout our city, uh, and at different times throughout the weeks or throughout the week as well, really kind of with a fourfold purpose as we find in Acts chapter two, verse 42. And that's for us together as a community, for you, your family, yourself individually, to lean into God's word together, to lean into a depth of relationship together, to lean into remembering who Jesus is together, and to lean into prayer together. And I think that last one, that fourth one, leaning into prayer together in this season is so crucial for us. And here's the deal. As a church, our mission, our vision, it's never changed. Now, during this season, the strategy and the way that we implement our vision, our mission, that does change. I mean, just recently, we now have surpassed being able to give away 3,500 meals uh, through our local outreach program. And that has always been a part of our mission, our vision, to make a difference, a practical difference. But we would have never even had the opportunity, or even had the thought to begin to give away groceries on a weekly basis had COVID-19 not really forced us into a position to think a little bit outside of the box on how can we meet some practical needs within our community. And so God is still moving in and through this time, as challenging of a time as this may be. But for us, our vision is really clear. We want every single person everywhere to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And I want to invite you, Ethos, I want to invite you to lean in to asking the Lord. Just simply ask God. Don't do it because I'm asking you to. Don't do it because somebody else maybe feel you feel pressure to because somebody else is, is pressuring you into it. But ask God whether or not he would have you lead a group during this upcoming season. If all of us just obey God, then we will do exactly as a community here at Ethos, what God wants us to do. We will fulfill everything that God wants us to fulfill. So just simply asking, like, hey, Lord, would you have me help make a difference in this way by leading a community group? Psalm 68 verse 6 says that God places the lonely in families. One of the things that we can identify within that 
that, that psalm is that it's our responsibility to create the family, but it's God, and it's up to Him, to put the lonely into it. And so we simply want to ask the Lord, Lord, would you have me be a part of leading a group, of creating a family, so to speak, so that others could be a part of it and experience life-giving, healthy community? There's really just three simple steps. If you're interested in being a community group leader, three simple steps. Determine a location and a time, invite your friends, and then follow the community guide that we provide for you every single week. Groups are going to launch on September the 20th. We're going to do a training for group leaders on August the 29th. You can come out of that training or we'll do it virtually with you as well if you're most comfortable with that. But we want to help equip you and it's much easier than you've ever imagined and it's even more rewarding than you probably previously once thought. And so group leaders registration and all of that stuff, training time, all that stuff, it's on the website so you can check that out. We'll put that on the screen here to make it easy for you to locate. But here's the deal. So today, jumping into today, um, we've asked four of our friends right here in our community at Ethos to share with us for just five minutes. So we've given them five minutes. Now, now, now Brian Barchi texted me yesterday and said his was about 12. So we'll see if they can stick to five, but no, he shortened it down. So, so they each have five minutes to, to really share from this one thought, kind of answering this one question. What has God been teaching you during this season? And really kind of the whole idea of this and next week we're doing the same thing with four new uh, friends from our community. Kind of the whole idea comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, where the Apostle Paul is writing. He says this to the church of Thessalonica. He says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, the good news of Jesus Christ, but also our lives as well because you've become so dear to us. And so for, for us at Ethos, this was kind of an opportunity to say, you know what, I, I want to ask some of our friends to share uh, from their experiences during this season, to share their lives during this season, and to share the Word of God with us as, as it relates to what God's been showing them during this season. So we've asked Taylor, Andrea, Candace, and Brian to share with us from God's Word and from their own lives what God's been teaching them. And they all come from different perspectives. They all have different things going on in their lives. And yet there's kind of this unique intermingling of what God is doing that I think will be an encouragement to all of us here at Ethos as well. So let's go ahead and lean in together today. I'm Taylor. I'm so excited to share with you what God has been teaching me uh, in this season. And he's been teaching me primarily through asking me two questions. Uh, one, what are you trusting in? And two, why are you trusting in that over me? Um, in this season that we're in, it's uncertain and always changing for all of us uh, with the, just the daily life changes of COVID and gathering restrictions and disrupting childcare, all the things we're dealing with. Um, but for me personally too, I'm a new mom. I have a seven month old uh, baby named Graham. Uh, my husband and I, Grady, are having a lot of fun raising him, but having a seven month old is also uncertain and always changing just in general. Um, turns out you can't control babies. Um, if you're wondering. But uh, so we have that going on. And then also for me personally, um, I'm on staff with an organization called Young Life, um, which is an outreach ministry for middle school and high school students. Um, and my husband and I are involved and we get to build relationships with students and help equip college leaders to build relationships with them too in the hopes that they might get to know how much God loves them. So in this season, we are also 
forced to constantly innovate with how to continue to be relational um, and connect in and care for kids and uh, during this time. Um, so because there's so much uncertainty in changing circumstances, uh, it forces us uh, to try to deal with that. And for me, it has caused me to try to grasp at different things to, to have a sense of security or control. Um, and I start trusting in those things rather than trusting in God um, because I don't want to deal with this uncertainty. Um, and I've been reading through the book of Isaiah in the last few weeks. And um, in Isaiah, God speaks through the prophet Isaiah uh, to ask his people to think about what they are trusting in. Um, and he's asking them, why are you trusting in other nations to protect you, other things, other idols to satisfy you, rather than trusting in me? Um, and and he asks that question because everything and everyone is ultimately subject to God, um, and he is the only one who really can satisfy them. So he asks them those questions to help them think about what they're doing, and I feel like God's been asking me that same question in this season. Uh, what are you trusting in, and why are you trusting in that rather than trusting in me? So to answer God's question, um, things I've been putting my trust in um, to try to get that sense of security and control um, are how I'm doing as a mom, how I'm doing in my job, and how I'm doing just in relationships as a wife and a friend. Uh, when I try to put my trust in how I'm doing as a mom, I'm tempted to think if I can just kick butt as a mom, then everything will be fine. And I don't even know what that means. It changes on a daily basis. Uh, just getting my baby to sleep and crawl and eat, I don't know. Um, but can't control him. If I'm trying to put my trust in how I'm doing it in my job with Young Life, um, it's easy for me to think if I could just get these high school friends to be excited about digging in in their relationships with Jesus, or if I could just help these uh, college leaders be excited to give their lives away and trying to share Jesus with people, then maybe everything will be okay. And if I'm putting my trust in how I'm doing as a wife or a friend, um, I'm really looking to feel needed and enjoyed and celebrated 100% of the time, which is not realistic. Um, and so to answer the second part of what God is asking me, um, first, what am I trusting in? I'm trying to grab, grab onto those things for security and control. And then he's asking, why are you trusting that rather than trusting me? I feel like God has been having me stack those things up against him and then ask me, what are you doing? What makes the most sense? Um, and so when I stack up those things I'm trying to trust in next to God, um, this is what I see. When I try to trust in how I'm doing as a mom, I am impatient and selfish and will be disappointed within five seconds every time. Uh, and then God, comparatively, is infinitely patient and absolutely selfless. Um, and actually is what I need and what my baby needs. Um, when I'm stacking up how I'm doing in my job next to who God is, um, I cannot ultimately control people um, or outcomes in ministry even. I can hope for them and uh, be obedient to God, but I can't control what happens there. Um, and God doesn't want me to. He, on the other hand, is absolutely in control, and he's the one that's making things happen. He's alive and he's active, he's doing things. He already decided that I was worth it before I accomplished anything for him. Um, and so that just points to how much greater he is. And then when I'm trusting in my relationships and how I'm doing with those, um, I just, I, it's so obvious that I cannot be what people need and that people aren't going to enjoy and celebrate me 100% of the time. But God, on the other hand, is what they need and what I need. And he enjoys me and celebrates me way, way more um, than I can imagine. And so 
the things that I'm grasping at for security and control and validation, they're just not delivering. And they're setting me up to be just buried under expectations and feelings of failure. Uh, but instead, God is offering me and you himself. Um, and he is faithful and powerful and eternal and omniscient and full of grace and love for us. Um, he's saying, you can trust me. You don't have to try to grasp for control in these other ways. And the whole point in the book of Isaiah of him asking these questions of what they're trusting in and why is because he wants them to get to see what they're grasping at so that they can recognize how it's failing them and then grab onto him instead. And I think he's doing the same thing with me. He's trying to save them, not to condemn them, and the same for you and me. Um, in Isaiah 33, verse 6, it says, The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness, and he will be the stability of your times, abundance of salvation, wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. I don't know about you, but that the Lord would be the stability of my times sounds amazing. Um, that he will be the one that saves me and saves you, that provides us wisdom. Is, it's so much better than the things that I'm grasping at that are failing me. Um, and really that fearing him, which just means respecting his authority and surrendering to him, is our treasure and not our downfall or uh, just something we have to be afraid of. Um, and so it's been so good for me to be asked those questions. And so I would ask you to consider those questions too. What are you trusting in and grasping at for security or control that isn't God? How is that working out for you? Um, and then, what is true about God that makes him trust, worth trusting instead of those things? And for me, it's been so important to look at specific scripture that tells me what's true about God that I can come back to and hold on to instead um, in the middle of all those other things failing me. What's up, Ethos? Um, in terms of what Candace and I have been learning in this season, if we were to boil it down uh, to one word, I think it would be listen. Um, but from an individual level, like I think I need Jesus. Um, so I need to follow him, but I can't follow him if I don't listen to him. And um, Jonah 2.8 says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. So Jesus has in mind what is best for us, um, but we're gonna miss out on that if we don't take the time to slow down and, and listen to him and let him lead us. So um, I would say our, our, message, our message today is primarily going to make the most sense if you would call yourself, if you fall into that category where you would call yourself a Christ follower, um, but, but hopefully it's relevant regardless. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And um, Rich Nathan, uh, a long time ago, he, he's a pastor at the Vineyard, and he said uh, this analogy where he talked about like an old school radio and the tuner having a frequency and the, the frequency just isn't quite right. Once you give your life to the Lord, all of a sudden now you can, you can tune into the actual channel to actually connect with and have this relationship, this back and forth with God. And uh, at the beginning of Philippians, it talks about um, he began a good work in us and he's going to carry it to completion. So my point is just that we're all in process. None of us have, have like arrived and figured out and we're all learning how to like deepen this relationship with God. And I think that's a huge message for us in this time is that maybe maybe there's this call for us to like return as Christians back home to putting Jesus first in our life again. Uh, for us uh, as the Barchies in this season, our life's just really busy. We've got three children, five and under, uh, three girls, they're five, three and one. 
Uh, two of them, the two oldest, are going to brand new schools here in the next couple of weeks. We're both teachers in the Olentangy School District, so we aren't sure what we're walking uh, back into. Like stuff kind of keeps changing uh, day to day. Um, so as you keep hearing the cliche, these are indeed unprecedented times. Yeah, and so um, we've been learning a lot about how um, we are not in control um, continuously, um, but that God is, and if he is, um, that we should listen to him. Um, and right now that seems um, to be more evident than, than ever. Um, and the only way that we believe you can experience something called a defiant joy, something that... Um, that exists despite your circumstances or situation is if you actually take time to slow down and listen to Jesus. So like I was saying, it feels like we have this opportunity uh, to return back to Jesus as his followers uh, and to make sure he is the Lord of our life. And it is 2020, I won't go into the list, but it's just this emotional roller coaster of a year. Um, but regardless, his love for us is limitless. It's unchanging. Um, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants what's best for us at all times, and he knows us better than we know ourselves. Yeah, and part of that is as followers of Christ, there's this constant battle that exists in our mind. Um, we're always searching for where we can find purpose, um, peace, and direction. Um, and through all of uh, this craziness, this spring and summer, we've been hearing God over and over say to us, would you just listen to me? Would you listen to my truth? And would you listen... Would you think about the things that I would have you think about? Um, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that we are to take captive our thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Exactly. So are, are we going to the ultimate source? There's all these different sources of information that we can go to um, and a lot of opinion right now. But are we going to the ultimate source who promises uh, that he has a plan uh, for our life to give us hope, to give us purpose? Ephesians 2.10 talks about the fact that he has... Um, you know, works he planned in advance for us to do um, if we would meet him in what he's doing. In Galatians 5.22, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, um, but that's just saying, like, if we are connected with him, that, that these are the things that we're going to be experiencing and, and sharing with others, and that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Um, but I love a couple verses later in 5.25, it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Um, so we aren't going to experience those things if we're not listening to him and following him. And, and John 15, 5, um, Jesus is saying, if you remain in me and I in you, you're going to bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's kind of talking about like spiritually, like eternally. Yeah, we can do a whole lot of different things on a checklist, but are we going to be missing out on God's best for us? So very similar to what Taylor was saying earlier as well. Um, I think we just have to trust in God's understanding and not our own because, because, you know, it's 2020, people are smart, they, they can get a lot done, but it, but it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Yeah, so what's been really, really cool about this season um, is individually, we both have felt God leading us back to this truth of listening to Him, but in different ways. Uh, personally, I've heard God speaking most clearly through um, scripture, uh, the scripture, Philippians 4, 8, um, and Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. 
Um, God doesn't want me to get caught up in the enemy's web of lies. Um, and with everything that we're all experiencing and everything that Brian mentioned about our lives right now, um, that is sometimes really, really hard to avoid. Um, the enemy wants to destroy any hope of me knowing my creator. He wants to destroy any hope of me understanding the purpose that God has designed me for. Um, and he wants to destroy the confidence that I have, have grown in to know of what Christ did on the cross for me once and for all. God has given us his word as a filter um, for our thoughts so that um, they might align with what he says is true about us. Um, but in order for us to recognize what God says, and that is truth, we have to be reading his word. Yeah, and we were just, when we were thinking about this, uh, we love the scriptures. In, in John 10, um, shout out to all our Young Life people. If you think of John 10, 10, and you hear it, and you think Young Life, you think John 10, 10, the second part, you know, Jesus says, I came so they could have life and have it to the fullest. But in, in terms of the whole chapter, it's talking about the sheep and the shepherd, and Jesus being the good shepherd, and how the, the shepherd... Or the sheep know the shepherd's voice, and the shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. And it's really talking about like listening to and, and following through with and obeying God. So we get this whole, we, we get it. We're supposed to listen, but then the question is how? How do we actually apply it? Um, and I, in our life, we have to like literally communicate a plan to even have a space to try to do that. Because with three small kids who need us uh, just to survive throughout the day, like we have to communicate when um, we are going to get time for ourselves. So it might be early in the morning. We might say, I'll take, I'll take the kids this morning. You go to a coffee shop or ORBC or whatever and just rotate to have a shot to follow through on that. Um, and then we have to surrender our posture. So like if I'm, if I'm at the house, for me, this might not be for everybody, but it, it puts me in a posture of surrender if I'm literally like on my knees on the side of the bed um, it just helps me to focus, and, and uh, Jordan talked about this in his teaching last week, but to focus on who God is and what he's really like. Again, it's the shepherd that lays his life down for the sheep, and he's also victorious. He's, he's already run the, won the battle, and you know, you think Romans 8, I'm not going to say the whole list, but um, nothing can separate us from his love. It's limitless. So another easy, practical, possible way to go about it is the, the acronym of ACTS. So uh, A is adoration. Again, like giving thanks to God and just thinking about how big he is and how small we are and how good he is. And then confession, just like, Lord, I've fallen short here. So I'm, I, wanna, I wanna surrender this to you. Thanksgiving, so we can see where he's been working in our life. And then the S is a fancy word, but it's actually simple. But it's supplication, but that's the request part. That's the part we kind of already get because we just that's the natural way we pray. We wanna ask God for everything. Um, but again, I, I think... All that said, we just have to listen. And maybe, maybe the simplest way I could say it is just in, in our time in prayer, when, when we're done talking, we need to be quiet for a while and just maybe say, what is one thing in this quiet prayer that, that God's trying to tell me? And let's not leave that time with the Lord until we feel like we, we have that one thing. Yeah, and, and for me, um, being silent and being still is such a chore because I'm an extrovert and my body, I need to be moving. And, um, but what I've found practically um, to be the most helpful is um, to use that Philippians 4, 8 verse as a filter. Uh, so when I find myself allowing idols or other sources to speak um, louder than God about who I am and what I should care about, um, 
I make a list of those lies that I am buying into and that I am believing on one side of my journal. And on that same page, um, as I come across the truth that God has and that he speaks to me through his word, I write that truth down um, in my journal. So I have those things. Um, I have that lie and I have how God um, refutes that with his word. Um, and then the last thing that I do with that truth is right in my Bible, in the margins, I just put a capital T in parentheses next to that truth so that as I'm flipping through my Bible um, in my quiet time, I'm able to see um, over and over and over God's truth for me um, and what he says about me and what he wants for me through a relationship with him. So lastly, you know, I, I think this is good for any type of vision casting you have in your life, but especially in our faith and in our relationship with Jesus, to ask the question, what would it be like if, and then fill in the blank. Um, what would it be like if individually and collectively as a family and a church body at Ethos, we made listening to and following Jesus our top priority? Um, I think a lot of that's already happening, but I think it would lead to full life. The defiant joy Candace talked about earlier, that, that overcomes circumstance, I think we'd be encouraging to our family and it would, it would make us more attractive to those that don't know Jesus yet. So can I listen? Can we listen? Can we try to listen more um, as we fight through 2020? Hey everyone, so I just want to take a little bit of time just to share with you uh, what's been on my heart and what I've been learning and what God's put placed on my heart during this season. You know, this is a unique season for all of us. You know, it's a global pandemic. There's social unrest and racial unrest and, you know, an economic crisis, but it's unique to how we are all perceiving it individually, how we're hearing it, feeling about it how we're understanding it, all of those things makes it unique to us. And for me in this season, what I've been, what I've been learning and what God's placed on my heart to be better about, and it's something I've dealt with for years. Those who know me know it, know it pretty well, um, but it's just escalated over the last few months. It's I tend to have this habit of putting these, these standards and these pressures and these expectations on myself. Um, that I have to reach these, these high marks that once I do, then I'll you know, have that satisfaction and um, I will get the pat on the back and I'll be just as good as this person or that person or the next person. Um, but the reality of it is these standards and expectations I put on myself are always pretty much unattainable. And I'm putting myself in a position where I'm gonna fail myself every time. Um, I feel like at the onset of this um, season for everyone, the reason why I feel like it may have escalated in my life at these moments of um, these standards and pressures is I feel like at the very beginning we kept hearing, you know, we have all this time to do X, Y, and Z and be intentional, do this and do that and be effective and be efficient, utilize your time wisely, this is precious time. And so I started seeing people doing this and that and, um, you know, being efficient and being effective and I was watching it all happen in front of me and I felt like I wasn't, you know, hitting those marks. And so for me, I just kind of just kept feeling defeated and, and frustrated with myself. Um, I, a few weeks ago, I was hitting, I hit a wall, I hit a breaking point, and those close to me kind of started seeing it in me, and um, just kind of feeling defeated and withdrawn from people, and I'll, I'll never forget this, it was, I was laying in my bed, and I'm asleep, but I wake up at 2 a.m., 2 o'clock in the morning, and my first thought is, is, hi, body, we wake up at 4.30 to go to the gym, so please go back to sleep, um, but I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, brains turned on, eyes wide open, 
and I pick up my phone. Pick up my phone, I open it, and I open up my email because what else do you do at two o'clock in the morning but check your email? So I open up my email, I, I click on an email, I open it, I start reading it, and I immediately have this, this, this gut punch. And I just feel like sucker punch. I read this email, and it was a, simply an email from an individual who was doing their job, doing their due diligence, getting information out. Um, but I saw this as, wow, this person is so much more efficient and effective than me. And I began to compare myself, and I was just frustrated in that moment of, I can't get X, Y, and Z done. I keep failing. I haven't gotten the things I want to get done done. And again, it's these pressures and these standards and these expectations I've put on myself, and I'm not hitting the mark, and I'm failing myself. And in that moment, I just started crying and just like sobbing in my bed. And I'm like, God, what is this? Like, what is my problem? Like, why can I get these things done? Like, I know this is not a view. How do I shake this? I'm frustrated. And for me, my cure-all whenever I'm in these ruts and in these moments, I always put on worship music. So I have my phone that's still in my hand because I'm reading my email. And I open up Spotify, I click Hillsong United, and I hit shuffle. I put my phone down. And a song comes on. The title of that song is called... Uh, as you find me and there's a line in that song and it says you love me as you find me and immediately this revelation just kind of drops on me and it's like no god accepts you for who you are for what you're doing like for the path that you're walking these expectations and these standards and these pressures there's no reason for that he accepts me he loves me the way i am stop trying to be something more something extra that he hasn't called me to be in romans 12 2 um, this is the Amplified Version, so bear with me for just a second. It's a little long, but I love this version. It says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes. And I love this next part. It says, So that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. And so what I love in that scripture, there's so many good things, but the part that says, so that you may prove for yourselves. It's not for anyone else. It's not what this person and that person is doing. Like you're proving for yourself God's perfect plan for you. So there's a couple of takeaways as I wrap this up that I just want to give you just to think about that I pull from this scripture. The first part is don't be conformed by the world's values. I feel like the world, it's the world's values. What do we always hear the world saying? What do we always see happening? It's, you know, the norm is to be busy and to do this and do that. And you see comparison and be as good as this person and be efficient and be effective. No, when those things start creeping in, you shut it down, you turn it off. It's not, you, it has no place in you, in your mind, in your thought process. And I love the scripture, it also says renew your mind. What does that look like? What does renewing your mind look like? It means worshiping, it means praying, it means reading the word of God, it means getting into healthy community, it means joining a community group, getting into life-affirming, life-giving relationships and friendships. And I love that it says it's progressive. Uh, transform and progressively change. So that means it's constant. It's going to be a constant progression. It's going to be a constant change. It's going to be constantly renewing. It's a day in, a day out, a week in, a week out kind of a thing to continue to renew your mind and to prove yourself. The last thing is prove to yourself his perfect plan and purpose. The reality of it is, is what God has for you trumps everything else. His plan and perfect is greater than anything that you could ever imagine on your own. So you don't need to worry about walking, you know, you're in your lane. Don't worry about what, you know, Sally, Bob, and Joe are doing. It's about what you're doing, what God's best is for you. So like, I just want to encourage, you know, parents out there, don't worry about what someone else is 
mom's kid is doing and that they're doing better. No, you're working, walking in the perfect plan and purpose for you and your child. And, you know, husbands and wives don't compare what the, another, you know, couple is doing. If it looks picture perfect on the outside, that you have to hit certain standards that those other couples are doing. No, it's God's perfect plan for you and single people, all these individuals. I speak to myself in this too. Don't worry about what you see others doing and their efficiency and effectiveness and how they're living their lives. No, you're staying in your lane and walking in God's perfect plan for you. And those are the standards and expectations that you need to worry about is just what he has in line for you.